Hello and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is my sister, Erin. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Yo, what's going on? Hey. We are back. We are back. Erin has been out in the wilderness of Tennessee. I have. It was like <laughs> two and a half days. Felt like a year. Yeah. But. Yeah. That, that uh, August down here is just like, I think most people, even the ones who like the heat, are just, they've had enough. It's just, it gets oppressive. It does. I um, was actually ta- talking to a, a police officer the other day. Oh, nice. And he was like. I didn't even mention the weather. And he was like, I'm just ready for it to be cold. I bet. Like, it's that time of year where people, you don't even have to ask. And they're just like, it's was he, time. Was he in uniform? He was. Yeah. Wearing like the, yeah. The, God, I can't imagine. Me neither. Me neither. And then I was like, Jeez. so like, are you from here? And he's like, well, no, I've lived here for like 40 years. Yeah. But no, I'm not. And I'm still not used to it, you know? So I was like, that's great. If it's any consolation, though, it seems to be pretty much everywhere. It is. Yes. Like, this, it's just this summer is really bad. Um, yeah. yeah, one of my friends back in Indiana said that they had to cancel, he plays football Yeah. in college, and had to cancel it because of the heat index. Wow. And, like, that never happened. No, like, no. Like, really. Yeah. Um, as a side gig, I coach soccer, for any those of you who don't know, but I, um, I got a message from our club that was saying, um... There's not a heat index, or I mean, there is, but it's not high enough yet. Yeah, it's not like an advisory or something. Yeah, they're like, it's 102, you just have to give them more water breaks, and it's like, it, if it gets to 104, we'll cancel, and I'm like... That's a difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two degrees at that um, at that range of right. heat is like, okay, but anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, safe to say I saw some creatures that could we could talk about. We could, we could. Um, out there in the wilderness, but... So there were lizards? There was, like, some lizard thing. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but it yeah. looked like a lizard. Like, that's how I would describe it. Um, just really large spiders. Yes. The wasps. Oh, gosh. Like, they're bright red. No, I can't do that. No, I can't either. You didn't see any pale crawlers? I didn't. <laughs> I did not see any pale crawlers. I was on the lookout, though. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, but I will say when I close my eyes to sleep at night, I thought about some things. I know. That I it's in the back of your head. Once you read those stories, you're like, ah. So, uh, I didn't sleep. Moral yeah. of that story. But <laughs> you know, we survived. It's all that that, yeah. that we made it through. Yeah, you're good. Well, um, yeah, today was sort of an impromptu episode since we didn't get to do one last week. So, I basically just pulled something out of my brain and was like, oh, I remember hearing about these, so we're going to talk about them. So, that's what we're doing. Um, These are basically stories of, uh, well, not so much stories, more of like descriptions of, like, of flying, uh, basically flying creatures. Flying creatures. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my, uh, my brain... First went to Thunderbirds, which I don't. Do they mention those in this article? I don't believe they do. <clears throat> I don't remember seeing that. I might pull up a story or two while you're reading, but yeah. So Thunderbirds are like these, mostly seen out west, 
Okay. But there's just like these huge, like pterodactyl-like creatures. Mm-hmm. But do you know that game pterodactyl? No. You have to, you're like in a group of people in a circle, and you have to not show your teeth. Okay. So your lips, like basically, mm-hmm. for those listening, like cover your teeth. Yeah. And you can't like show your teeth, or you lose, and you just have to yell pterodactyl. What? <laughs> and then, so you go around in a circle, like, taking turns, and then if you want to switch directions, uh-huh. which I didn't know this rule until one of my friends had enlightened me, you you yell, like, a ter- you're like, you know? Yeah. Like, really loud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, side note. I've never heard of that. It might be one of the funniest games ever. Wow. Like, no matter how old I get, yeah. it's just fantastic. Like, that'd be hilarious drunk. Y- yes. Just smash playing that game. Yes. That's hilarious. Okay. Anyway. I'll let you begin. (laughs) Okay. So, the first description slash story comes from 1984 um, when there was a flying creature seen soaring over the capital city of UK, London. It says the specific location was Brentford, a town situated within West London. Um, The day on which all hell broke loose was hardly the kind one might expect to associate with a monster. It was a very pleasant, warm day in March. Um, this man, Kevin Chippendale, um, was walking along Brentford's Bramer Road. Um, as he did this, he saw this strange figure in the sky. He says it was some sort of large flying animal, but not the kind you see every day, such as a bird or anything. Um... Then almost a year later after this, in the in February of 1985, he saw this creature again, but this time others saw it as well. Um, one of these people was a psychologist um, named John Olson, and he was jogging um, near the river, and then also another woman named Angela who saw this. Um, she says, saw the griffin squatting in ominous and beady-eyed fashion atop the town's waterman cart center. Very just, white. what a picture. That is a, uh, Like, you can just picture it, like a gargoyle type yeah. thing, just like, just like staring down over the town. Just from above, yeah. And then so the local and national media got involved in these um, encounters, and there was a lot of coverage of this mystery. And so this creature became known as the Brentford Griffin. And there's a lot of background on these griffins and um it basically is described as just a fascinating mythical creature and it gets its roots from western europe to the eastern edges of india um and it's usually portrayed as a mix between an eagle and a lion and honestly i love that honestly arguably two of the most badass creatures yes like i want to be that yeah i think the so that's other, great. The only other better combination I think I could think of is like a um, like a honey badger and I don't know, a honey badger and like a, I'm trying to think of something aquatic or oh yeah like a honey badger and a, like a shark. Yeah, I was gonna say a shark and something. Some sort of aggressive sh- or like a honey badger and a killer whale. Ooh, mm. yep, that's a good one. Um. Apparently, it has the head of an eagle and the body of a lion. So, okay. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I really love that. I think that that's just a great picture. It's a great description. Also, the picture for the article 
yes. is is really really good. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah I would most certainly shit my pants. <laughs> um, also would want to be that thing. So yeah, for real. Two sides. Um, let's see. So moving back in time a little bit, in the latter part of 1956, um, a man from Falls City, Nebraska, named John Hanks says he came face to face with a true giant. This creature was in excess of nine feet in height, but this was humanoid in shape, but it could not ever be associated with the human race, he says. Um, let's see. He basically said that the creature sounds like something out of an H.P. Lovecraft story. Wow, have you seen H.P. Lovecraft I have. stuff? Or Reddit, yes, pretty pretty yes. out there. Um, and <laughs> they said he's not wrong in suggesting that Hank's monster would have found itself right at home in the pages of one of the legendary horror novels. Yeah, but um, he's actually right on target. So his nightmarish thing had a pair of fifteen foot wide wings. Damn. Um, that appeared to be made of bright shining aluminum. Okay. And. It didn't wait around, it says. Okay. That it just was there and gone. Huh. So, not like watching over everyone like the last thing. But, yeah. Fifty. So, nine feet with 15-foot wings. Nine feet with 15-foot 15 15 wings. Jesus So, that thing Christ. is, that thing's wide. That is a wide load. <laughs> that is, that's a heavy, that's a heavy hitter. That is a heavy hitter. Um, Wow. That kind of, I mean, that's huge. That kind of sounds like it could not be a bird. I agree. Like something, like almost a UFO or something. Yeah. Like a triangular shaped UFO. That's huge. Wow. Okay. I just now I'm looking up pictures of. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft. If you haven't. Well, the, him himself is a little strange. Yes. Well, I mean. If you've read any of his stuff, you mm. you know that the dude had some wild stories. The man had some struggles. Some they problems, made probably. um. There's an HBO series. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe Jordan Peele produced it or directed. Don't take my word for that, but he was. I believe he was somehow involved. But yeah, it's uh, they do they like adapt stories around a narrative. Mm -hmm. but it's really good. Um, so the next story comes from Baggett's Wood near Abbott's Bromley, UK, and it says, it takes its name from the Baggett family, seated for centuries at Staffordshire's Blithfield Hall, situated around nine miles east of Stafford. Um, the hall has been home to the Baggett family since the late 14th century, and while the house is mainly, um... Elizabethan, it has a gothic facade um, added in the 1820s. So, just a little visual. Um, Aaron, it's Staffordshire. Okay. Staffordshire. Can we get little sound bites of you just saying that? <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that. That was just awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. It's he's, fun. He's got the accents. I try. It's it's funny the the rural when you when you hear about like rural towns in England it's always like 
it's always some weird like two word they couldn't like, just name it one thing yeah or like yep. um or like upon something like upon time uh, or upon avon <laughs> or like uh yes yeah it's it's always yep. it's not like in america it's it's everything's vale or yeah, yeah or town or town or ton <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we keep it simple we that's all it, i'm yeah. saying we had enough of that we did um <laughs> So this boy named Alfred Tipton in 1937, he was just a 10 year old boy and he would always play near, near this hall with his friends. And on the weekends, um, and during some school holidays, he, they would go out and like adventure and explore. Um, so in the summer holidays of 1934, 1937, they saw this strange and monstrous, um, creature in this really eerie, like break in the woods, like very, just probably dark and like, I'm picturing like misty. I don't know. Probably. But he said on one morning, him and his four friends, they were playing in the woods and after several hours, they took a break. So they were sitting on some grass. Um, it was sunny. So not misty, I guess, but suddenly said Tipton, they heard a shrill shrieking sound that was coming from the trees directly above them. And so as they looked up directly above them, they saw this large black bee sitting on its haunches in one particularly tall and very old tree and in quote, shaking the branch up and down with its claws tightened around it. But it was no large bird. They said, he said it reminded him of a devil. I still don't forget things. And that is what I say. It looked like. He adds that the creature peered down at the five of them and then for a few moments and then just out of nowhere opened up its large and shiny wings, um, which were easily 12 feet across combined and just took to the skies as they would describe as part flying, part gliding. Mm. Um, and before it was lost to sight forever, um, about 15 or 20 seconds later. So incredibly years later, Tipton said the closest thing it reminded him of was a pterodactyl, which very oddly are reported in the UK. So, yeah, the UK is full of anomalous phenomena. There's um, uh, the Canic Chase in, I think it's actually, I can't remember what part of England it's in. Sorry, guys. Um, but you gotta be better. I know. I gotta, if I can do the accent, I gotta remember you have geography. To remember the facts. Um, Come on. But, yeah, Canic Chase, there's a lot of weird stuff, like anomalous black cats. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. big black cats. So, I actually have thought, like, if there was anything I could see from, like, that time where, like, dinosaurs and stuff, yeah. I would want to see specifically a pterodactyl. From the descriptions and models of pterodactyls, yeah, they seem, like, pretty incredible. They do. Like, yeah. I don't want to see something that's, like, walking... Like, the little arms would be cute, but, like, I want to see a pterodactyl, you know? Apparently, way, way back when, like, you know, 10,000 years ago, 14,000 years ago, there were, like, giant beavers and, like, giant rodents. Oh, Eric. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you... So, I know we talked about this on one of the previous podcasts, but the show alone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had, like... I mean, they had to kill, like, some really weird, like, animals yeah. just to, like, eat. But a 
uh, wolverines were very, like, common where mm. they were. Okay, yeah. And so, like, my friend and I were like, well, what even is that? Like, yeah. what is a wolverine? But, like, it's the largest member of the weasel family. The weasel, the weasel family. family. I had no idea. Us either. Yeah. Because we were like, also, I'd never seen a wolverine before. Like, I haven't even seen a picture of They're it. They're nasty. They are disgusting. Nasty creatures. And once I learned that information, mm. it made sense. Because if you look at, like, a little weasel and then, like, a wolverine, it's literally just, like, yeah. a life-size version. Just bigger. Like, yeah. it's disgusting. Um, It's a big rodent, is what it is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> couple things to add on that. I almost ran over an armadillo the other week Ooh, on the highway. That has to happen at least once. Oh, I've seen multiple there's dead so ones. Many. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, secondly, I one of the people I work out with had on his story, um, on his Instagram story, he had a video of a pet raccoon on okay. a leash at a bar in Nashville. And well, said it's just like a cat, apparently. Is it really? Apparently, it's just like a cat. It was like crawling on people's heads and like shoulders. And I mean, obviously, I watch. Well, shouldn't say obviously. <laughs> I would hope that it's been like vaxxed and yeah, neutered and all that jazz. If you're gonna domesticate it, yeah. Um, but yeah, pet raccoon. It had. It's honestly so adorable. It had you know, little mittens. It's got little hands. Eric, so cute. It's so cute. Those things are like they dig through trash. Yeah, not. I mean, not if it lives in a house. <laughs> it's not I digging guess. through trash. I mean, good for them. Yeah, it looks fun being able to do that. Yeah. Well, I think we got one more. Okay. Um. And then there's a couple things, a couple of creatures that they talk about at the end that I just am loving. So we're gonna, you know. I know what you're talking about. Yep. I'm absolutely yep. loving it. Okay, so the last one. Okay. It says, one of the strangest yet intriguing accounts of giant wing monsters came from a man named James Harrison, a resident of Liverpool, England. This was in February of 1947, and Harrison, along with um, several other adventurers and explorers, they were boating along a tributary of the Amazon, and they encountered something startling. They said it was a flock of five huge flying creatures surfing the sky at an alarmingly low level. Due to their close, close proximity, Harrison and his colleagues could easily discern that the creatures had leathered skin, they were brown in color, and had wingspans that exceeded 12 feet. The wings of the monsters were described as being ribbed, while their oddly flattened heads were attached to very long necks. Wow. So in other words, they sounded, again, you know, much like pterodactyls. Yeah. Um, but as they say in this article, it's just the start of things. And we're going to talk about a couple more maybe. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah. In the, in the Amazon. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But honestly in the Amazon, it could be just some freaking weird animal. I mean, I mean, they, like we talked about the last time they discover like new things. Yeah. They're discovering all the new things. There are also some very giant, like, cr- I mean, cranes. You remember that one that was stuck in our garage that one time? I mean, that thing was huge. It was huge. It was at least four and a half feet tall. Maybe even yeah. more. Maybe even more, honestly. So, I mean, the possibility of it just being a regular animal is not far off. Right. But still. 
still. Yeah. But also, I've never seen cranes, like, flying together like that. So. Me neither. Like, in a group? Yeah, in a group. Yeah, group. that's kind of, They're always, like, by their lonesome. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, so these last two guys, <laughs> these last two guys here, um, have you heard of Bat Squatch before? I'd heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of Bat Squatch. Um, <laughs> dang, he is ripped. Yeah, this picture, the man Holy is chiseled. Holy shit, he's jacked. So Bat Squatch is a flying cryptid that allegedly sighted near Mount St. Helens, which is in Washington State, I believe. It resembles a flying primate, um, s- similar um, cross cultures a little bit. Similar creatures include the ahul and the orang, the orang bati. Yep. Of Southeast Asia. Um, wow. Yeah. Creatures said to have yellow eyes, wolf-like muzzle. Blue fur, that's lit. Sharp teeth, bird-like feet. Sharp teeth. Sharp teeth, bird-like feet, and leathery bat-like wings. Nine feet tall. Jeez. And the ability to affect car engines. Okay. Yep. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so this encounter in April of 1994, Brian Canfield was driving in Washington's Pierce County mm-hmm. when his truck suddenly died. Canfield said a large creature landed in front of him. That sucks. He I said mean, you're it, stuck. Yeah. He said it was human like, nine feet tall, bat like wings. Also sported a coat of blue fur. When I when I first read that I thought it said it's it had a sport coat. <laughs> Just dressing up. Just hang it out. Some nice Slacks and a yeah. sport coat. Cocktail hour after this. <laughs> after I stop the car on the country road, I'm getting a cocktail. Um, <laughs> there's a second sighting in California near Mount Shasta in 2009. Hikers witnessed a huge creature with leathery wings spanning 50 feet. That's pretty big. Well, that's just, that can't be real. Wow. Fly out of a crevice in the mountain. Also very common. Seeing these things around mountains. Yeah. At first, an eyewitness described the creature as having a head similar to a pterodactyl, but the witness reconsidered and eventually claimed that it was more akin to a bat or a fox. So. Hmm. Yeah. Well. And then, um. Houston Batman. Yep. Go to Gotham here for a second. Um. (laughs) The Houston Batman. Well, it began on a night in 1953, June. A young Houston housewife named Hilda Walker was sitting on her porch along with her neighbor and, well, I guess a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. It was peaceful, though very hot. And, wow, these are actual pictures. Those are photos. Yeah. So this picture... There's pictures, um, I think that is, yeah, that's a Mothman. Mothman, yeah. Wow. Walker described what they witnessed. Um, Walker said, 
25 feet away, I saw a huge shadow across the lawn. I thought at first it was a magnified reflection of a big moth caught in a nearby streetlight. Then the shadow seemed to bounce upward into a pecan tree. Pecan or pecan? <laughs> pecan. 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 Pecan pie. <laughs> Where's my pecan tree? Um, the Mothman's in it, apparently. Yeah, he's stealing your pecans. <laughs> Said it was a man-like form which stood six and a half feet tall and sported bat wings on its back. A strange yellow glow surrounded the Batman. The witness sat stunned and watched for 30 seconds. Then the light began to fade and the figure vanished. Shit. Damn. That's kind of creepy, actually. That is. That's Point uh, Point Pleasant. Oh. Are you familiar with the Mothman tale? I won't go into it. I am, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Those are the... I'm, I'm a bat squatch guy. Yeah. When I mean, it comes obviously. Down to it, yeah. When it comes down to it, I'm a bat squatch guy. Um, okay. I just have a couple side stories, if you will. Uh, same topic. As I mentioned earlier, Thunderbirds are a, are a sort of category of cryptids okay. for like big flying humanoids. Okay. So this report comes from Alaska. Um, so in the first in the first weeks of 2018. There appear to be some reports of a massive bird seen in the vicinity of Juneau, Alaska. Okay. Um, the first report occurred on January 16th. And the witness described seeing a large bird as she approached a movie theater. She said she was just driving by the movie theater in the valley and there was a huge black bird flying above the road. The wingspan had to be at least 20 feet. It was almost as wide as the road. I have lived here all my life and have never seen anything like that. It freaked me out. It was not a raven or an eagle. This isn't a joke. This thing was huge. Almost the size of a small airplane. I'm glad she told us it wasn't a joke. Yeah, I agree. That is, I mean, that is nice to hear. It is. Because sometimes mean, you wonder. Some yeah, sometimes you do wonder. Actually, clarified, especially with bat squatch. Right, that guy's just jumping around everywhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, the she told the Juno Empire. Um, that there had been raindrops on her windshield, and that as she turned on the wipers, she noticed a large bird above her car. And, yep, she said the. Wingspan was roughly the size of the highway. Um, she she judged the the creature was flying near the Mendenhall Glacier, and that it was the biggest thing she's ever seen in her life. And this was at four p.m. Mm. Okay. So, just going through a little uh, just a little day, well, just a little day fly. Yeah, like yeah. little. Late afternoon. Yeah, just hanging out. Yeah. Um, another report from October of 2017. Residents of the Alaskan towns of Togiak and Manicotok. It's also 2012, just to clarify. What did I say? 2017. Oh, yes. October 2012. <laughs> Apologies. Twos and sevens are hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Si- um, so they were reporting sightings of a bird said to be the size of a small otter plane. Which, I don't know what an otter plane is, but I'm assuming it's just one of those... Those little ones that yeah. people fly up there. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah. one of those biplanes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they said it was not the kind of bird you want flying around if you have small children outdoors. Well... That I mean that's like when we were uh, when we had wiener dogs, we were concerned about them getting picked up by um, not eagles, but um, what not ravens, uh, hawks, hawks, yeah, hawks. We did have a lot of hawks when yeah. we first yeah moved there, yeah. Um, so, just a couple of other uh, yeah, just other large bird sightings. Yeah, that's crazy. Birds are scary anyway. Nonetheless, when they're massive. See, I... I hate pigeons. Well, I think everyone hates pigeons. Yeah, pigeons are just disgusting. They are. I don't don't know that I would... I mean, I would be stunned if one of these flew over me, but I don't know that I would be, like... Yeah. Scared. Yeah. Unless it was Bat Squatch and had, like, an eight-pack. Then... Then you might be a little scary. I might grab my shotgun. But I think if there's anyone I want to see, it's Bat Squatch, so. It definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a consensus for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Sweet. Well. Got anything else? I don't. Okay. I like the little uh, hold it together quickly. Yeah. Impromptu. It works. We got a little busy last week. We did. Time was not on our side, but. We're here for the people, so. We are here for the people. We tried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. Um, You can find me on Twitter at WorldWeLivePod. You can find me on Instagram at the WorldWeLiveInPodcast. You can email me at theworldweliveinpodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Um, Rate and review on iTunes. Um, Subscribe. yeah, leave us a little note. Tell yeah. us what's up. Um, and Tell us what you want. To, <laughs> yeah. Listener recommendations. Yep. If you want. Um, if not, we'll just do what we keep doing. Yep. For the people. Um, okay, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.